With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. This is Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. You're not alone if you've been the victim of abuse, drug usage, or rape. Living Without Lies is here to help. Listen as Donna Warren assists women across the country break the cycle and help create a new life. So now, please welcome the host of Living Without Lies, Donna Warren. Hi, folks. Welcome to the Living Without Lies program brought to you by BBM Global Network, uh, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Donna Warren, and uh, we hope everyone has had a nice holiday season. And my my regular guest, Dee, is with us. Dee, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Dee, uh, Denise Clare, and I'm owner of Successful Living Strategies. I'm a life success and health coach and uh, help people to uh, solve some of life's most pressing problems and uh, take things to uh, the next level. Okay. Well, for those of you who are kind of new listeners are in, uh, the Living Without Lives Foundation's purpose is to help people fix their lives. We, fit, we screw our lives up by many, many ways, and a lot of us do it when we're teenagers, some in our early 20s, some at older ages. But it is possible for anyone, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how horrible you think it is, and which unfortunately way too many believe it's not possible for them to fix their lives, that if you screw up once, you're doomed for eternity, and that just isn't true. It just isn't true. You know, just because everybody believes something doesn't make it true. The whole world, everyone on this planet believed the world was flat for thousands of years. Guess what? They were all wrong. It ain't flat. You know, and this is true with so many other things. Uh, Societies have had all kinds of outrageous beliefs over the centuries. And, you know, and the problem is a good majority of them aren't true. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Most, a lot of beliefs aren't true. However, most stereotypes have some truth in them. That's why they become a stereotype. 
But that doesn't mean that they're 100 percent true and that it applies to everyone. You know, in all people, in all races, all religions, there are good people and there are bad people. There are smart people. There are stupid people. There are creative and talented folks, and there are people that are, you know, I haven't quite figured, I've seen a few in my lifetime that I haven't quite figured out what their purpose in life is, if they have one. And I firmly believe my stepdaughter's only purpose in life was to be a bad example. I know hundreds of young people that are alive today because she was such a bad example and lost her life because of it. But so many others are alive. So even in never accomplishing anything on her own and even in all the bad things she did, she saved a lot of people's lives by being the way she was. What do you think, Dee? I agree with you totally. And sometimes uh, sometimes it's just you're setting an example that, you know, how things don't work. And, you know, life is full of all of that too. And, and uh Although it's very unfortunate for the person themselves, it certainly can be helpful to those, you know, who learn about those, you know, those examples because hopefully, I mean, there's one of the best ways of learning is, uh, well, either you're either going to learn from other people's examples or you're going to learn from your own experience. And, and it's certainly better to learn from other people's examples, you know, if you can. And so... Uh, we certainly, it, it really is good for us to, to really think about those things. Uh, lots of times when we're, when we're young, we have lots of ideas about how things should be and how they are, and we don't listen to, you know, parents and other people who might be trying to guide us, uh, but there are a lot of examples that we need to look to, both good and bad, and, you know, for wise, we're going to listen to both. That's true. Um, You can learn from your own experiences or you can learn from what you observe other people experiencing. Be that something good or something bad. You can strive to do that. But we've been talking lately about about the fact that uh, it seems like our welfare state is one of the reasons that so many people don't even try to fix their lives. You know, so many people grow up today believing that repairing these things is impossible, that they can't do it. It can't be done. Once you've screwed up, you're done forever. Well, now, I know from personal experience that that's not true. I did believe it when I was young because I'd heard it my whole life. You know, once you screwed up, you're done, you know. and But that didn't turn out to be true because at some point, you know, as... As a a kid, I was abused as a child, raped at 11, had an alcohol and drug problem, you know, was an addict, um, married a man that was physically, mentally, sexually, and verbally abusive, and who also used to like to shoot at me. And, uh, you know, so eventually one day I killed him. He pulled a gun on me, threatened to kill me, and I blew him away. And I stood trial for first-degree murder. And uh, I was released on that because my shooting him was basically self-defense and let me tell you one reason I didn't go to jail the police were my best witnesses and one of the reasons that I didn't that was true because when I was a kid I decided telling lies was was a lot of hard work and a waste of time and effort so I don't tell untruths that doesn't mean I won't 
mislead you because I will if I have reason to. But uh, I don't tell untruths. So when the police checked me out, everything I told them was true. The little pieces I neglected to mention here and there never came into play. But I was released and I still had a serious drug problem. You know, I eventually did get clean. I eventually got clean, but for most people they figure, well, that's that. Well, for me it wasn't. I had children and I wanted to make a better life for my kids. So I did everything in my power to make things better. The first thing I did was get a GED since I quit high school at 16 and got married. I got my GED. Then I enrolled in a community college to study accounting. They wanted to make a secretary out of me, but I figured I'm not good in the situation where I have lots of responsibility and no authority. So I convinced them to let me study accounting. And when I got out of school, I got a job working for the Salvation Army. The reason I worked for them is no one else would hire me because of my police record. Because besides killing my husband during the year or so, those years when I was doing all the drugs and whatnot, I'd been charged with a lot of other things. Hadn't been convicted of much, but been charged with a lot of things. In fact, when I was tried for murder, when I was released, I had to go back and finish serving a 30-day sentence I had for hitting a cop before I actually got out. The point is, I went to school, I got the accounting degree, went to work for the Salvation Army, hated it. I was a cost accountant for them. But they were, like I said, at the time, they were the only ones who would hire me. Then once I got to the point that I could get hired by someone else, I got a job fixing vending machines, doing minor electronics, which was my dad's hobby and I learned to do when I was a kid, uh, out there. And they were willing with, a. I could, by that point, I'd been you know, straight, I'd been straight a year, I'd been clean for a year, I'd worked for a year, hadn't broken any laws, so I could get a surety bond so I could actually go to work for, for the vending machine company. While I was there, my boss there suggested that I would, should consider going to college because I was good at what I did and I had no formal training. And I did. I went to college on a minority presence grant. I went to a, a historically black college. I'm white. I went to a historically black college you know, on both a scholarship and a grant. So I went to college free and I graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. Got a job, went to work for the phone company, yada, 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 went along, you know, and here we are 30 years later. I'm an engineer, I'm a college professor, I teach computers. I am living proof that no matter how bad you screw up, no matter how bad you do it, you can fix your life. I was just told we have to go to a commercial. And uh, if you want to call us, it's uh, 866-451-1451. Text me at 732-995-3969. Leave a message on the radio station blog, and we'll be back in a few. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. 
Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach, using social media and Skype to work with anyone anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca 819-360-3266 Now is your time. Welcome back, folks. Uh, before the break, I was telling you my story. I had a conversation with my son, my youngest son, uh, the day before Christmas. And, uh, you know, he was telling me that he pointed that out to me that I'm living proof that you can change your life. And the thing is, so many people out there don't believe it's possible. Or if they believe it's possible, and some of you are going to say, oh, it's possible for you. No, it's possible for anyone who's willing to do what it takes to change it you know if you're one of these people that's going to sit back on your butt like a unfortunately today a lot of the millennials are like that they're going to sit on their butt and expect everything handed to them on a silver platter i don't know you're going to have a hard time changing your life because you have to be willing to do whatever it'll take i've been i'm trying to reach out to the people now i've spent the last 20 years teaching college a lot of the students that came in because i taught in center city school you know, in areas where I got a lot of uh, ex-military, people on welfare, you know, ex-criminals, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that they enrolled in school meant they were at least willing to attempt to change things. But I want to reach out to the people who are so convinced that it's not possible for them. You know, I want to reach out to them and tell them it is possible, but you have to be willing to do whatever it's going to take. Does that mean you're going to work your butt off? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. It just depends. It depends on you. It depends on what your talents and abilities are, uh, you know, what you have to offer. And don't, and people, I don't care who you are or what you are, don't really care if you're laying in the gutter right now, stoned or drunk, you know, what you're doing, if your only income is from stealing or selling drugs, you know, or prostituting, whatever. If you want to change things, you can. It's been, you know, we've found in studies and whatnot that most people over the age of 50 aren't really interested in changing their lives. You know, may, they might need to, but they're really not interested in doing it and probably won't do the necessary work. People under 30 are at least interested, but many of them still won't do what it'll take. They're not willing to get up off their butt and do anything. And people between 30, 30 and 50 you know, they're kind of on the fence. About half of them are interested, about half of them are. What do you think about that, Dee? Well, I agree with you totally. Uh, it, it doesn't make any difference, you know, what your background is or 
what's happened to you in the past, uh, if you really want to bad enough, you, you can change anything. And I'm, I'm living proof of that, too. And, um, and, and sometimes it can be very difficult uh, when you're dealing with trauma from the past. And particularly if it's been very bad for a very, very long time. And, um, and there's times that I get discouraged. But I also then get mad and more determined, you know, to overcome, you know, whatever it is I might be facing. Because I still have flashbacks and, uh, and they can be, uh, well, not only kind of debilitating at the time because uh, you're going through the emotions of the things that happened. And, and uh, it, it doesn't, you know, you, you don't necessarily be needing to thinking about anything, you know, that's, you know, about anything like that it's just you're going through your life and then all of a sudden you know these these feelings start coming upon you and you start uh, emotionally and sometimes physically re- reliving uh, the things that happened in the past and uh, and sometimes it can you know really uh, if you let it um, maybe temporarily at least um, make you feel really bad about yourself uh, and for you know lots and lots of different reasons uh, but you just have to uh, like she said to be so determined to do whatever it takes you know to overcome those things and, and to use those things as a stepping stone uh, to learn to grow uh, when we go through things that are difficult uh, there's always a lesson and there's always an opportunity if, if we're aware of it and so I really believe that you can take your mess, make it your message, and become your masterpiece. And so, uh, so for people out there who, uh, you know, who are having a lot of trouble and believing that maybe they're not good enough and they can't do it, you know, Don and I are perfect examples of what really can be done. And um, like I said, it's not totally over for me yet, but it's almost. Uh, I've, I've overcome an awful lot. Uh, but it takes a lot of courage uh, to do the inner work and to overcome these things. Uh, but if you really want to, bad enough. And I and and I mean, you're. I mean, my why is so much bigger than myself, and that keeps me going because I really want to reach a lot of people. I want to help a lot of people so that they they can be everything that they're really created to be. Okay. Um. Now, for if there's any new new uh, listeners or people that haven't been around the show very long, Dee was sexually molested uh, by her parents as a child. Passed out. They were swingers. They involved their kids in it, and it and she and that went through her entire life, and it caused her all kinds of problems, you know, both in self-esteem, et cetera, you know, and like any children that have been abused, no matter why or how you're abused, you, you have it, as we talked about last week. It's extremely difficult to trust anyone when you've been through that. But uh, we, you know, as, as we go on here, we were talking the other day also. We want to make it possible, but we got to talking about our welfare society and the effect it has on people being willing to change and also on whether or not they actually succeed in, the ch- in changing. Um, one of the things we mentioned is now. I know when I my kids were little and I was in college, I used welfare as a way to go to school. 
because I could get, uh, you know, I got food stamps so my kids wouldn't starve. Uh, I got an, enough money. I had a mobile home, which I owned when I went on. I already owned the thing. And I had lot rent that I had to pay, but the, the small check that I got from the state actually paid my lot rent. All I had to do was then worry about how to heat the place, uh, put electricity in it, and that sort of thing. I was just told we need to go to a commercial, so let's let's go do that, and we'll pick up this conversation when we come back. Uh, if you're interested in calling, it's 866-451-1451. Uh, text me at seven three two nine nine five three nine six nine, or leave us a message on the radio station blog under our, our program name, and we'll be back in a few. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly-Lipe is a renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together, we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Welcome back, folks. Before the break, we were talking, I was talking about, you know, what's required to, why people, are, how our welfare state affects people being able to change their lives. Uh, one of the things, now I started to tell you, when I was uh, going to school and I had two small kids and I lived in a mobile home, which I owned, not that it was worth much, you know, most people's cars were worth more than my house was, but the point is, uh, unlike some areas, North Carolina believed that since I owned it, I should stay in it. It was cheaper to let me stay there than it would be have been to move us and put us in a project and all that other stuff. And so they just left us where we were. So I had, you know, I had to figure out how to pay the rest of my bills. Now, you know, uh, I could have stolen. I could have committed crimes. I could have prostituted myself to get money to, I mean, I had money for food. I had a place to stay, but I had to heat it. I needed electricity in it. Water came with my lot rent, but everything else. And I had to have a way to get around, you know, because uh, I didn't live in a city that had bus service all over the place. But um, 
you know, I didn't want to go to jail, so I didn't want to do anything that was actually illegal. Uh, If I had charged money for sex, I would have been, you know, could have been charged with prostitution, put in jail. And I lived in a state that if I went to jail for any length of time, I would lose my parental rights and my kids would go into the foster care system. And I didn't want that to happen. But I found out that I could, that a boyfriend, and I'm putting quotes around that if you don't hear that in my voice, a boyfriend could pay my electric bill and that wasn't considered illegal. I got through college and got my degree because boyfriends paid the bills that that little check I got from the state and my food stamps couldn't pay. Now, it was illegal to sell food stamps, so I couldn't do that either. But I belonged to a church and I had church members who would give me a grocery list because for anyone out there listening that's never messed with food stamps, you get just as much money to feed a two-year-old as you do a 15-year-old, which means when you have small children, you've got you've got more stamps than you know what to do with. And when you have 15-year-olds, you're lucky if everybody gets enough to eat. But um, I had all that excess because my children were two and three at the time. And uh, my People in my church would give me a grocery order. I would go buy the stuff, and then they would write a check to the electric company, or they'd write a check to the people I bought my heating oil from, or they'd write a check to the guy who, you know, filled my propane tank. I had a mobile home. They would do that, which, again, wasn't illegal. Wasn't illegal, so I didn't risk going to jail. But the thing about it is, is had I, at that point, once I got out of school, I did find a job, but had I not been able to, uh, you know, while I was going to school, I couldn't, there's no way I could have gotten off the welfare system if I wanted to, but it helped me go to school. But I know a lot of people who were on the welfare system, just like I was, they weren't in school, but they couldn't get a good enough paying job. I had a friend that had a sick child that uh, they couldn't survive without Medicaid because they couldn't get a job making enough money or with good enough benefits to pay for their child's medical expenses. What do you think about that? Why do you, do you believe, like I do, Dee, that that is one of the reasons a lot of people make no effort to do anything, especially when they're re- receiving some type of public assistance? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, and I, I don't know how, how exactly how, you know, that is how that works uh, today, but I get the impression that... Uh, that it, it, it can be difficult, you know, uh, particularly like you were saying, uh, uh, when a child uh, needs a lot of uh, medical attention, it can be very difficult, you know, to be able to get off. Uh, and, and so that, that makes it harder for people who, you know, really would like to be able to improve their situation. And um, like I said, I don't really know what the laws are and everything on that right now. But, uh, you know, there's a very good possibility that those things could be looked into and maybe find, you know, better ways to help people so that they would have more of an incentive and the ability to actually get off. Yeah, well, I'm not an expert on, on all the laws, but basically, the, most of the, if you are on total welfare, you will get money to live on, uh, to pay your rent with, rental assistance. Uh, food stamps and medical care you know at no cost to you Um, a good chunk of the people that are on food stamps they do work they just they're low-paid workers 
and a lot of them and a lot of them will work they'll take an un, a second underground under the table job because they can't afford to lose the money they get in food stamps but that's only keeping yourself alive now if somebody's got a problem with that I mean just the fact that you're dependent on handouts is not good for anyone's self-esteem but uh, you know if you have other problems like many do where you have a drug problem an alcohol problem or any of the many other problems that you can have or you know you're already doing illegal things to maintain uh, you know to have enough income to keep your family off the street and it's it's difficult and then you have the fact that you figure if you've ever been in trouble most people believe that you're not going to be able to get a job well you won't for a while I couldn't get one for a couple of years you know I mean I didn't I commit I was charged with murder and everything and I got straight before I ever went to the community college so that was a period of two years then I worked for the Salvation Army for a year so it was three years before anyone would consider hiring me because of my police record because of my police record and you know that that can be a problem but it's up to you to do something about it you know um, when I was getting clean one of my sponsors told me that you know I could I could not think my way into good living but I could live my way into good thinking so the first thing I had to do was stop hanging around with all the people that were using all the people that were committing crimes that was way too tempting for me you know especially when I'm broke even now today if I'm broke the thought crosses my mind of an illegal way to fix the problem I don't do it but I do still think that way sometimes you know I'm broke right now so you know the thought of uh, you know going on the internet and and doing something I know several different ways to get money that way on the internet to steal money but if I do that I can go to jail and I don't you know I'm at the stage in my life where I really don't want to go to jail you know but I'm not desperate enough to where I have no other choice but if I ever get that way it's still tempting the temptations there and I don't think it ever goes away you know I don't think the temptation ever goes away what do you think about that uh, Dee? well goodness um, I, I can see where it could be a, a tremendous temptation and uh, and I don't think any of us can really say what we would do you know if we found ourselves in, in certain you know really dire situations uh, you know, we always hope Dave, that. Did you hear the 30 second warning? Yeah. Did you hear? Let us go to the commercial and, we'll, and you can finish when we come back, okay? Folks, uh, we're okay. going to commercial 866 451 1451 732 995 3969, or leave us a message on the blog and we'll be back in a few. Patricia Fayeweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife, which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline. And she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes. And she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, 
visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. Hi, my name is Myra Fox, and I am a survivor. I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived a Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, Dee, you want to pick up off where, where you were, what you were saying before the break? Yeah, I, I don't think any of us really know. I mean, we can sit there and say, well, oh, I would never do that. Uh, or, you know, but if you find yourself in a bad enough situation, you know, you really don't know. All you can really do is hope, you know, that you would be able to uh, stick with your um with your values and and be able to handle the situation well uh, I, I'm just so glad that there are so many different uh, options that people have today uh, much much more than than when we were growing up and so I think that's you know really uh, a wonderful thing but uh, I don't think any of us can really say how we'd behave in in, you know whatever situation we find ourselves in Um, but um, I think you could probably say that you know those of us who are really trying and have have uh, created good values uh, would be less likely uh, to do um, something that that we would be very sorry for later yeah that's true I mean you know uh yeah, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is the majority of people in this country have never been in a sufficiently desperate situation to have to make that kind of a decision. You know, uh, I don't know, a lot of today's children consider it a desperate situation if they don't get the shoes they want, the brand they want. They have no idea what it's like to really do without. But there's plenty of people out there that do. And, uh, you know, some people make it, you have to do, and and it's true. Even with my background and as many things as I've been through, I'm in a new situation. I don't know exactly how I would react. I would react. I would definitely do something. You know, I'm not going to sit down and die and quit. I'm going to do something. Now, whether I'll make a good decision or a bad one, it'll depend on what's happening and what the available choices are. But the thing is, our welfare system makes it harder for people to risk trying to fix things. Now, of course, the first thing they got to do is believe it's possible. I mean, you're an example. I'm an example. My co-founder's an example of people who fix their lives, and you see them all over the place. 
However, believing it's possible for him or her to do something doesn't mean I believe it's possible for me to do it. What do you think, Dee? Oh, that's big. I think that's really big. Uh, it's huge. Uh, and and I know there's there's been times in my life when, uh, you know, I, I've felt that way. And I, I see that with other people, too. Um, and, um, and I think that, that's really a huge thing uh, because of the things that happened to me. There's been times, you know, that I felt, you know, so bad about myself that I've just really felt that, um, you know, I just could never be good enough to um, do much of anything. Uh, but, um, but I've just been very fortunate that I've been in situations where, you know, uh, through my faith and and um, people that I've I've been been able to associate with, I've I've really been able to overcome a lot. Okay, so how can we help people who don't believe that they can do it? You know, how can we help them understand that it is possible? There's no one size-fits-all or no one method of doing things. There's all kinds. Uh, each individual has their own advantages, disadvantages, strengths, weaknesses, abilities, talents, etc. And how they fix what's going on in their life, what's the very first thing that they need? What do you think? Well, uh, I think it always helps to have somebody who believes in them. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know whether it might be a friend. Um, that's why counselors and and um, and coaches and and, um, and programs like the one that you have uh, are, are very helpful because, uh, particularly because we've been through the things that we've been through, we know that it's possible. And and uh, and if you can be talking with someone and. and uh, and helping them, one of the things they they need to do, I, I, I know one thing is to really start making a list of all the things that you have accomplished, you know, and, and, and looking at your talents and your abilities. But, I mean, all of us have done good things. And, um, and so, you know, helping people to see the good things that they've they've done uh, and believing in them and being able to be there for them uh, I think helps a whole lot yeah I agree with that and you know see when I started to get my life together I didn't want to get straight I didn't want to get clean I didn't want to get anything but I had the desire to want to want to do it I didn't actually want to yet, but I wanted to want to. I saw things out there, you know, and I, I wanted to, to do better. Now, I, I honestly admit that I might not have stayed straight if I hadn't had a couple kids. My children were my reason for wanting to make a better life for myself. I didn't want them to go through what I went through growing up, and I was determined to figure out a way so they wouldn't have to. I was just told we have to go to commercial again, so 
Uh, if you want to talk to us, 866-451-1451. I know most people won't call us because these are touchy subjects and most people don't want to talk about them, at least not openly, publicly on the air. But uh, anyway, you can uh, text me at 732-995-3969, leave us comments on the blog on the radio station website, and we'll be back in a few. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted, and every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses, mystical, present, past, and future, all in one. Wild, free, domestic, and healing for everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Uh, welcome back, folks. Before the break, we're talking about the first step in fixing and changing your life is the desire to want to do it. I mean, let's face it. If you don't want to, you're not going to do anything. But the simple fact of the matter is, I don't know how about other folks, but for me, sometimes getting up off my butt and doing something can be a problem. Sometimes I don't do it because part of me doesn't want to. Other times I don't do it because I'm scared. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. You know, all of those things come into play. But if I have the want, the desire to want to do it, ultimately, I'm going to keep looking at that prize out there. And part of me says, grab it, grab it, grab it. And eventually, I'm going to want to actually want to do something. And when I first wanted to started to wanting to do it, that was the first thing I was told is that I could not think my way into good living, but I could live my way into good thinking. What that meant was I had to stop using. No alcohol, no drugs how to stop using. I needed to stay away from people who were using. Too tempting. Needed to stay away from the criminal, my criminal friends. Too, again, too tempting. So what did I need to do? I needed to stay away from them. I needed to make new friends. Find some other way to occupy my time. Uh, 
you know, I did look for a job. I took a typical menial, yeah, menial job. You know, I was waiting tables for at that time about I think it was two fifty an hour, and uh, you know, plus tips, and uh, to find a job to keep me occupied so that I didn't have too much free time on my hands. Because you know that old adage about uh, idleness is a devil's workshop? Well, it sure is. Because if you're sitting around with nothing to do, nowhere to go, it's real easy to fall into the old ways and the bad habits that you had. It's real easy to do that. Sometimes it's just that, you know, I've always considered I'm one of the stubbornest human beings on this planet. And I've always considered that both a good and a bad thing. When I use it in a constructive manner, it's considered determination, you know, uh, oh, it just, it's a good thing because it means I'm going to keep at it until I f- figure out a way to make something work. When I'm using it in a bad way, you call it pig-headedness and, you know, I'm like a, a mule that you got to take a baseball bat and whack me to get my attention because I ain't going to do it. If I get in that kind of stubborn, nothing happens and that's a bad thing. But that stubbornness also can keep me going when things get tough for me. What do you think, Dee? Yeah, I, I, I tend to have that, that uh, stubborn streak, too. And, um, but I, I, I use it as resolve. Uh, I, I'm pretty open and like to listen to people and try to learn as much as I can. Uh, but when it comes to doing something that's difficult, uh, you know, I... I <laughs> You just make up your mind, you know, I'm going to do this, whatever it takes. I'm, I'm going to find a way, and um, you have to be relentless. What, what do you do to overcome um, when you've been taught you're too stupid to do anything? Well, when I was a little kid, I cried. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. I, I asked you that question because I know you were told that. How'd you ever come that oh, yeah. part? How'd you ever come that part? What? I, huh? <laughs> um, I, I'm sure that I'm probably, uh, again, I, I don't remember a whole lot of, of, um, of the things that happened back then, but it's very, very possible that I just decided, okay, I'm going to show them. You know, I, I, I can do it. And, and I just did and, you know, just kept on until I was able to find a way. And uh, I, because, I mean, like, you know, like now, anything that, that's a challenge, I make up my mind, I'm going to find a way. You know, there's an answer out there. I know there's an answer. And, and if I can't find it right away, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the Internet. I'm going, to, I'm going to find programs. I'm going to find books. I'm going to I go to the bookstore and... And uh, I just keep on, and I talk to people, and I listen, and and I know there's there's an answer, and I'm going to find it. Yeah, I know. I frequently tell my students that when I'm teaching that you know never underestimate the power of proving someone wrong as an incentive yeah. for accomplishing something. I hate to tell you how many students I had in my classes that. You know, they were getting good grades and they were proud of themselves because they were showing their father, like a couple of guys, they were showing their father that they weren't stupid. That it's a, it's yeah. a powerful incentive. It's a powerful incentive. Yeah. And it's one that's one of the ones, if you're trying to figure out how to start fixing things, 
you've got to find that stubbornness within you, that desire to prove someone wrong. Find the person you want to prove. When I was in college with my, I had two sons, I had a, two small kids. I was a single parent working three part-time jobs on welfare, you know, when I was getting my engineering degree. And every so, every now and again, I would get to the point that, you know, basically I'd say to myself, what the fuck's the use? Why bother? This is impossible. And every time I got in that frame of mind, I had some friends and there's quotes around those, that word there. Some friends that were always telling me that it was impossible. I'd go see them because I knew they would tell me that, oh, I should quit. You know, you, you should never have even started. You know what? You couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. You just some living in some fantasy world. Well, by the time I left them, I was so angry with them, so pissed off at what they were saying to me that I was vowed and determined I was going to prove them wrong. And that gave me the incentive to get up off my butt and start doing it and keep at it until I found a way. What do you think, Dee? That sounds great. What I do is I, uh, <laughs> I get mad at myself, and I just, you know, I, I when when something really bad happens, you know, I might sit there and stew about it for a while, but then I get really mad at myself and and think, no, you know, I'm I'm bigger than this. I'm I'm going to find the answers, and I just get mad and do it. So you get mad at you, and I get. I get mad somebody tell me I can't do it. Yeah, isn't, ang- isn't anger, isn't righteous anger a, a fantastic thing? Yeah. Isn't yeah. righteous anger a fantastic thing? Yeah, yeah it really yeah, is. Those two things can give us the incentive we need to keep trying. And another thing when you're trying to fix things. Now, if you're, if you're abusing substances, if you're doing alcohol, drugs... If you want to make things better, you have to stop that. You do have to get clean. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You know, you might fix a few things, but most things are just going to slide back into the same old, same old. You do have to stop if you're abusing substances. You know, not everything I've done in my life to earn income has been legal, but, you know, the majority of it has not been illegal either. Find a way somewhere in the middle. If you can't, uh, if you don't have anything legal. But if you make up your mind to do it and you're determined to do it, you will be able to succeed. But you gotta, to keep going, you gotta set goals. And you gotta set reachable goals. You know, um, I can make a goal to become Miss America all I want to. I'm an old lady and I'm fat. I don't think that's gonna work. I don't believe that's a realistic goal for me. Uh, I just got notified that we have to go to a commercial. So uh, if you want to chat with us, 866-451-1451. Text me at 732-995-3969. Or leave us a, me- uh, a message on the blog on the on the uh, radio station website under our program. Be back in a few. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. 
a breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. To purchase your copy, visit www.lindagenazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. Oh, welcome back, folks. Um, and Dee was telling you what she thought and how we both felt that, you know, for me to get mad at myself wouldn't have worked because I thought I was a piece of shit. Worthless, useless, and all that good stuff. And so that didn't work. But getting mad and trying to prove someone else wrong worked for me. For Dee, she got mad at herself and it worked. You got to find what works for you. Each one of us is an individual. You know, um, I know I used to drive my third husband crazy because he never could figure out what would upset me because I never really let him know what mattered to me because I knew he'd use it against me. So I wasn't willing to give him any, any weapons that he didn't already have. So, you know, we, we can fix what's wrong. The Living Without Lives Foundation is dedicated to helping you figure out how to fix your life, figure out what it is you need to do to make things better. And you can make them better. And for so many of the people I know that have fixed their lives over the years, one of the main things that seems to help is when we have children that we want to make a better life for. That seems to be a big issue with people. It's a good incentive for them. Even if they don't think they're worth it, they think their children are. And they want to see them do better. And, you know, hopefully you can do things that... uh, you do what you can with what you have available to you but you can make it better and the Living Without Lies program which hopefully I will get that that course online soon um, that can help you figure out what it is you need to do to change things in your life and to try to meet the goals that you're looking for and to become successful and what does successful mean it means different things to different people to some people unless they're filthy rich and famous they're not successful. Other people are perfectly happy. I know I know a guy who seems he's one of the most content people I've ever met. He lives in a camper and a year-round campground, you know, drives an old piece of a car. He has a job that he likes. It's not nothing fancy and he doesn't make a lot of money, but he likes his job. He's happy and content. So for him, he's successful. That wouldn't work for me. You know, my definition of success is different. Would it work for you, you, uh, Dee? You know, I think what you... I can be happy, you know, with or without money. I've I've been both. And um, I I think, you know, you can have a a quality of life, you know, wherever you find yourself. And um, so I I, I don't have to have a whole lot to, to really make me happy, but I do enjoy, you know, nice things and... And so I, I can be happy either way. Either way? Yeah, um, I'm kind of like that. There's a minimum level I'm willing to be at, but beyond that, it doesn't matter to me. But the point is, people, if you want to make your life better, you can. You have the power to do that. In fact, only you has have the power to make your, your life better. And, you know, I'm hoping that uh, all of you can find some inspiration, get some hope that it's possible Make an attempt. Contact us if you want to talk about it. Uh, 
you know, part of when we do get our course online, we're going to start offering individual coaching. Can't do it yet, but we're working on it. And, you know, so the, you know, go to our website, the Living Without Lies Foundation, or you can just type livingwithoutlies.com. That'll take you to the website. And uh, check us out, see what we're doing. Uh, if you in any way, shape, or form would like to help us or get involved with activities, contact me. Uh, contact me. You can text me or leave me a message on the uh, on the blog on the radio station. I will get back to you. Dee can attest for that because she left a message and I contacted her. That's how I met Dee. She did. She definitely did. And we've been friends ever since. So, you know, uh, you can contact me if you're interested. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, all of you have gotten something out of tonight's show. If you'd like us to discuss topics or subjects, please just give me a quick text with the topic and I'll look into it. And that text is 732-995-3969. And folks, I hope that uh, you have a nice week ahead, a nice weekend, and that the weather isn't too monstrous. I heard somewhere, some, I forget which where it was now, but it was here in this country. They got 41 inches of snow in the last five days. I'm, wherever it is, I'm just glad I'm not there. <laughs> But uh, we had we got snow here, but it was just a dusting, like about an inch, you know, uh, over the weekend. But, you know, uh, I hope you all have a pleasant weekend. Life is good and God bless you all. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. Contact Donna at D-L-U-H-R-S at Comcast.net or call 732-995-3969 for information about the Living Without Lies Foundation. You are not alone on the path to building a new life. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.